What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 105 of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Just me tonight. I'm going to be talking about some in-season adjustments and some stuff that I've got going on based around that. And then we'll get out of here. It's going to be a shorter episode tonight since it's just me again. I'm working on getting some guests lined up coming up for the next few episodes again. We are going to have a guy come on and talk about a giant deer that he killed this year uh, during bow season. Uh, it's been a couple few weeks ago now, maybe. But we're going to have him on to talk about that. That's guaranteed to be a good time, and I'll let you guys know who that's going to be later. Some of you already know, but it's going to be a good episode, and then I'm going to work on getting some more guests lined up after that as well. But right now, it's just been crazy busy around the shop and keeping up the taxidermy stuff and trying to get the Fall Pursuit show out, uh, get filmed for it, and then get it produced, edited, all that kind of stuff. So with all that, though, uh, we're going to do episode 105 tonight. Before we get into it, don't forget about our partners for the podcast, uh, one of those being Grandpa Ray Outdoors. If you guys don't know about them, they specialize in providing the best nutrition for whitetail deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full-lime, high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. They've got over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, so you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for. They've got fall and spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it, they've got it. I even just put out some of their winter wheat the other day, and that's something I'm going to talk about as we get into this episode. They're not just about selling their products, though. They're going to answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. Like us, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They're going to treat you and your situation individually. We've used their seed blends on client properties. We use them on our own properties, obviously, and the results have always been as good as advertised. I don't know how many thousands of pounds of Grandpa Ray Outdoor Seed we've put down, but it's a bunch, and I've always been happy with it. You guys can check them out at GrandpaRayOutdoors.com. You can use the discount code RHOPODCAST. That's all lowercase, no space. You get 5% off your order. If you want to, we are also a dealer for them, so you can come order some stuff through me uh, at the shop up here if you're local, and that'll save you some money on shipping. Our other partner for the podcast is Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, Rodney's a guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and now he's putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you guys haven't heard of them, they're not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022. With agents like Rodney all over Illinois, they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, anything that might be on the market, or even getting your property listed, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He also recently started his own company called RG Outdoors. He's got products from Radix Hunting. He's got Tacticam Trail Cameras. He's got Camo Dust, and he's adding new stuff all the time. So if you're interested in anything that he already has or keeping up with what he might add to the store, as time goes on, you can go to their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or, again, if you need anything, just call writing directly at 618-925-3153. You guys can follow us on social media at Ridge Hunter Outdoors. That's Facebook and Instagram. We do have a private Facebook group called RHO Podcast Patrons. I've been saying for, I don't know if it's been quite a year now, but ever since I started the group, I'm going to come up with a better name for that, and I haven't yet. So I'm going to work on that at some point when I get time. But that group is just basically another hunting group for you. Um, You guys can share your stories in there, your success, failures, all that kind of stuff. And you can also have some input on the podcast, so you can ask questions um, that you want to have answered by us or guests that we might have on when I can when I have enough time to share who's going to be on. Um, you can make suggestions for who you'd want on the podcast or topics you want us to talk about. All that kind of stuff is in that group, RHO Podcast Patrons, on Facebook. 
RidgeHunterOutdoors.com is our website. If you guys see anything on there you like, you can use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space, and you'll get 10% off everything in your first order on the website. If you guys are listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you follow us. Leave us a review. That really helps us out. It doesn't even cost you anything. On YouTube, you subscribe to the channel, like and comment on any of the videos that you do like or that you don't, and comment and let us know what you think. Uh, That's where the Fall Pursuit Show can be found as well. Episode number eight drops tonight as I'm recording this in about an hour and a half. So 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights, that's what we shoot for. That's when the episodes drop. We're eight in right now. We're eight episodes in. So it's been a lot of fun uh, recording that and producing that, filming all that kind of stuff. And we're going to keep rolling through the season, hopefully at least through the late season. Maybe we'll get some more some more deer on the ground. And that's a little bit what I'm going to talk about on this episode. Also, if you guys are not seeing the type of deer that you think you should be on your property, uh, if you think you're losing potential on your property, if you think there's some untapped potential on the ground that you're hunting and you have the right to manage it, if it's your property or if it's a lease or if it's permission property that you can do stuff on, or even if you're just looking for some advice on how to hunt it. We do consulting services as well. So you guys can find that on our website, RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. There's a consulting and management tab. We do food plots and stuff as well. But we also do consultations where we'll come in, we'll talk to you about the property, about your goals for it, about your deer herd, and then we'll come and actually walk the property with you and see it for ourselves. We'll go through maps, of course, and we'll try to come up with some things that we want to look at. We'll come look at it with you, see what we see. Uh, sometimes everything looks like it does on the map. Sometimes it's completely different, so it's good to get out there, boots on the ground. We talk to you about it person to person as we walk the property, and then we come up with a specific plan for your property. So it's going to be a management plan, and not only that, it's going to be the best ways we see to hunt it. Now, that stuff can obviously change. <clears throat> I try to stay away from doing exact stand locations, but I give you general ideas where we think they'll be moving, especially after you make the improvements that we suggest. So all that kind of stuff, you get a, a complete property plan, management plan, deer management plan, and a kind of a guide to how to hunt it if you have questions about um, the best ways to hunt and and that's a lot of it is just doing things the right way when it comes to actually getting in there during season. So all that stuff, again, information on it, or if you guys want to contact us about it, you can go through the website, RidgeHunterOutdoors.com, and there's a consulting and management tab for that. So all that said, let's get into episode number 105. This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. All right, so like I said there in the intro, we're going to be talking about in-season adjustments. I think a lot of times guys get set into what they know or what they've done in years past or what they've started out the year with, and they think they can't change, and especially for private land hunters. Obviously, with public land, you're constantly changing and shifting and doing different things, and that's where I think we can, us as private land hunters, can learn from some of the public land guys is kind of, I've talked about this with Austin Stone before, kind of using some of those tactics as the season goes on, moving to the deer, that kind of stuff, and maybe hunting your property a little bit different as the season goes on. And that's a big one, especially now that the rut's winding down. You're still going to see a little bit of activity. There will be what, you know, gets referred to as a second rut where the does that either didn't get bred the first time or hadn't come in yet, or maybe they got bred and it didn't take or, or however that works. 
Um, they're on about a 28-day cycle, so they'll come in and heat again, and the bucks will find them, and you might see some chasing. If you get one of those hot does by your stand, however, you can't count on that like you could, you know, two weeks ago. So we're getting to that point where things are going to start changing again. It's going to look a little bit more like the early season. Their bedding might shift, though. So whereas the early season, there was a lot of cover available. You didn't have to worry about the thermal cover as much because it wasn't as cold. All the foliage was still on. Now all of that's gone. You got the cold north winds blowing through. It was like 23 degrees or something this morning. So it's only going to get colder as the season goes on and as the winter gets, as we get closer and further into the winter. So they have to make adjustments. And if the deer have to make adjustments, we have to make adjustments as well. Now you might have it set up to where you have sets already going into the season. Maybe you pre-planned this and you have sets that you specifically designated for late season. So whether that be over some late season food sources, like you're, if you got a good brassica plot, if you have a winter wheat, if you've got winter oats, anything like that, um, if you have a set already for that specifically, that's great. But what I'm going to be talking about with adjustments is maybe the guys like myself who don't have necessarily the the room or the resources to go ahead and set everything up preseason for, you know, multiple phases uh, as far as that goes. So, like, I am I have a certain number of stands that I can use. I have them set for what I believe is going to be good early season, and then I have good rut sets, and then when it comes to late season, sometimes it's hit or miss. Like on the North Farm, for example, there's really nothing good up there late season necessarily, so it's hard for me to set anything specifically for late season up there. Uh, at the cabin, I've had to make some of those adjustments that I'm talking about. And part of it is because of the late season and the shift. The other part of it is um, just because of what's been going on uh, in the tree that we've been in. And we're going to do some stuff to that this off season as well and stick with that tree. But uh, what I'm talking about there is I'm, I've been in a really good pin oak tree for years at the cabin. I've never been seen. I think the only time I've been seen out of that tree is when the arrow fell off my string uh, and the buck looked up and saw me because the arrow went bouncing down through the limbs. But it's, it always holds leaves pretty much throughout the season. It's got a ton of branches on it. I'm like 25 feet in the air, even though it feels like 15, uh, just because of the way the tree is. So it's a, it's a really good tree, but the issue with it is the way the deer use that food plot and everything, if they don't come into it and feed around, if they're just traveling through, which the bucks do a lot, especially if they're following a doe or if they're cruising, or if they hear you call at them and they're just kind of moving through, they're either walking away from you, which is fine because I can get a decent quartering away, but if they're coming from the south, they're walking almost straight at me, or it's got to be quartering like the buck that I shot on the 16th, uh, or was that the 15th, I'm sorry. So it's it's kind of difficult. You have to be pretty much perfect on your shot, and even though I thought I was in a pretty good spot on that one on the 15th, it didn't end up working out. So used to, I could shoot uh, you know, a little bit farther to my left and to my right to where I could let them get broadside. Now that tree's grown up so much, um, it's almost to the point where I don't want to cut too much out of it and open it up too much and make it look too much different because even that high in the air as the deer walk out there, I think they, they might notice a little bit. So instead of going and doing all that right now and changing that tree completely, um, and I'm going to go in behind it, clear some brush this winter as well so I can shoot back to the north again behind the tree. I've had deer walk by me at 25 yards this year that I couldn't even see because it's just so thick back there and most of it's the Russian olive. So we're going to take those out. 
Uh, but that's going to be off-season adjustments. So the in-season adjustment I made was I moved across the food plot and hung a double set over there. There's a decent tree that I can get in. I'm about 15 feet off the ground. It feels so bare just because I'm used to that pin oak, and it doesn't have a ton of branches on it, but I think it's going to be a pretty good set. And I can shoot back into the timber a little bit to the south. So if they if they try to slip through there, I have a lane to shoot them there. If they're coming or going north or south, at some point I will either have a quartering away or a broadside shot at them. I should have. Um, more likely than being in that pin oak right now the way it is. So that's an adjustment that I've made just based off of the deer activity that I've seen. I still expect them to be in that plot, and I still expect that pin oak to be a good spot, but I've just moved across the food plot into a different tree to give myself some better angles. And it is a little bit lower, so I think that's going to help a little bit too. So those steep angles sometimes are tough, even out at 30 yards. So I think that's going to help. That's one adjustment that I've made, and and kind of the point is, and all that is, you can't be afraid to do those kind of things. Uh, I think a lot of times we get stuck in our head that we can't change what we're doing because the deer are going to notice or we're going to spook them out of there. Uh, you don't want to get too aggressive. Sometimes adjustments are necessary and needed, and you got to make them. Like this one, for example, I didn't intrude a whole bunch. I did have to cut some shooting lanes. It does look a little bit different in there now. Um, I've got trail camera pictures. I haven't noticed anything on the pictures of them like looking up in that direction or anything. I went this morning and sat it and didn't see any deer, so nothing to report there. I'm, I was hoping to see at least some does and see how they reacted to everything, um, if they saw me very well or not, or at all. A lot of that comes down to just being still anyway, but obviously at some point you got to get up and shoot. So I was curious to see how that would work. Um, I might hunt there tomorrow afternoon and see as well. But those those are the kind of things that, again, you can't be afraid to do. If it needs to be done, then you got to do it. Why stick with something that's not working for the sake of being safe? and then ruin in your last month and a half of the season because there's still a lot of season left just because you're too scared to make an adjustment, move a stand, hang a new set, something like that. And especially, again, if you have that limited number of stands that you can use, um, if you have a limited number of spots where you can put them, now maybe is the time where, just like your trail camera strategy shift, uh, early season food sources, of course, those green green food sources, the clovers, the radishes, stuff like that. Then as we get in the pre-rut, you move them to those scrapes and they get really hot. In the rut, you can put them in funnels. And just like you would do with your stands and the stands you would sit, you do that with your trail cameras. And it's the same thing going into late season. You move your cameras back to the food sources, drive a corridors between bedding and food, and you do the same thing with your setups. Uh, your stands, you can move them to those locations or even sit on the ground if you have to. If you don't have the number of stands, if you don't want to worry about going in and moving a set, uh, moving a set then you can go in and sit on the ground and hunt that way. Right now is probably the best time to be on the ground if you're going to do it because you can still see quite a bit just because all the leaves are off and everything. So it's the best vision that you're going to have from the ground. Personally, that's why I like to be in a tree more than I do like to sit on the ground is because I can see so much more. And that's still true now, but you can see more on the ground than you would have back in October. So that's always an option too. And don't be scared to try that. You know, if you've got, especially if you've got a, a target buck or a mature bucks moving and you know where they're at, and it's not close to where your current setup is, you got to make the adjustment. Like this time of year, especially, you know, we're getting through the rut, like I said earlier, you got to go to where the deer are, and if that's not where your stand's at, you got to change something. Another thing uh, that I've done is I went in, and on the brassica plot that did not do well, and neither of them really did well, they didn't get any rain, but the new plot there at the cabin, uh, the Milo did okay on it, but I went in and I ran down the Milo with the four-wheeler and I spread winter wheat 
and some oats into that. And I also put them over the top of what was supposed to be brassicas on the other quarter acre of that. So I should have like a half acre of winter wheat. And my kind of the thinking behind that is I'm kind of making the play for the late season. I still holding out hope that that shed buck is still around somewhere. I did get a picture of another really nice buck that I only had one other time. Uh, on the 26th, he was in there at night. So I know he's still around. He at least made it through the first gun season. Hopefully he makes it through this weekend. But my idea is I went in, and yeah, it's noisy to go in there and plant with the four-wheeler during season. But I'm not seeing the deer that I really want to target. Uh, the one I did get the picture of on the 26th is absolutely a deer I would shoot. The big seven is absolutely a deer I would shoot as well. But the shed buck is really what I've kind of had my mind on this whole off season, ever since I found his shed back in March, ever since I saw him last year. Uh, that's why I made the new plot. So in hopes of bringing him back or maybe even just bringing in new bucks, bringing in does that will bring in the bucks. Um, I've went ahead and, and I ran that Milo down and I put wheat out there. With this rain that's coming in, a little bit warmer weather, I think it should come up okay. And then I'm going to have a decent late-season food source. Even those small little plots like that, winter wheat is really, it's good with browse pressure. So they can come in and eat on it quite a bit, and it'll keep growing throughout the winter as well. It's really good for that. I usually dedicate half a plot uh, to winter wheat, but I didn't this year just because of the room. I wanted to try to have that milo in there. Unfortunately, it got too dry as well. And I'm not sure if I would have tried to plant winter wheat, how good it would have came up, you know, even after I planted, even after I planted the other stuff and it didn't work. So I did go ahead and do that here last week. So we'll see how that goes, but that's another adjustment you can make. If your food plots did not do well, if you don't have any deer on them, if you don't have the deer on them that you want to see, don't be scared to go in there and put something down because that winter wheat will grow. It might take it a little bit, but if you can get it seed to soil contact and get it some rain, like we're supposed to get this weekend, then that's an opportunity maybe for you to pull in bucks in the late season. And at this point, it's going to be tough maybe for a week or two unless you get that those hot does that are still running around that come by you. Or if you know you know, where they're feeding right now or before they make that big shift to their destination food sources for the winter. But like the second week of December on, through the rest of the season are probably going to be your best chance at killing a mature buck. They're going to become more patternable again. They're going to move earlier in the day. They're going to be back out almost like they would be in September a lot of times. So you're going to see them come out on those food sources early. The does are going to be out there really early. The bucks are generally going to filter in after them, but also still in the daylight. And they will hit those same food sources night after night after night in the late season because usually their places to eat are so sparse and few and far between. Once they find a good one, they will stick with it until it's gone or until they have some reason to leave. So if you don't spook them out of there, if you don't give them a reason to leave, they're going to be back again and again and again. Now, that doesn't mean you have to hunt right on top of the food source. You can, absolutely, especially if you have a late firearm season. That's a really good way to kill a mature buck. You can hunt in between their bedding and the food source. You just have to be really careful with all the leaves off of the deer seeing you when you're getting into those kind of spots. So I do like to sit on the food when it comes to the late winter. If you've got it, that's going to be your key to success for sure. So that's going to be the biggest thing going in to December, you know, is, is finding where they're feeding. Maybe that's on a neighbor's property. So in that case, you have to go in and hunt in between. You got to hunt between the bedding and the food and, and that travel corridor and hope, them catch, hope to catch them coming through there, which is a solid strategy as well, because if they're coming out to the food early, they're going through that spot early too. So 
you can do that as well, but if you do have the food, it's going to be really key to the late season. And again, that's another adjustment you can make. If you have failed plots, uh, if they've ate plots down, even if you got clover that's gone dormant or they've ate it down to nothing, if your brassica plots, if it didn't get rain like mine didn't, even if it got a little bit and the browse pressure has just been too heavy on them, you can still go in there and put something down that's going to help you in the late winter to be able to have success. And that's something, too, that not only mid-season adjustments, but off-season adjustments as well. So you can make notes right now of what you need to do for next year. And that's something that I'm constantly doing in the tree, even if I'm having a good year. Even if it's not like this year where it's been really tough, I'm thinking, what can I do to make this better? And I've got so many ideas for what I want to do in the off-season. I know I won't get them all done. I won't get it all accomplished, but I know I can take steps in the right direction to make it better and better all the time. So that's something to keep in the back of your mind as well. Take notes on your phone if you have to so you don't forget things that come up, things that you might think of that can make that property better for you next season, not only in the late season, but also, you know, throughout early season and throughout the rut as well. So that's what I got for you guys for this week as far as the adjustments go. Hopefully that helps you out. Again, don't be scared to change things up, all right? You know, if if you're sitting there and you're not seeing any deer, go find the deer. Uh, you're not going to kill them if you can't find them, and right now they're going to be congregating again. The does and fawns are going to be back together. The bucks are going to be not bothering them as much. They're going to be feeding in the same places. So find the deer, move to them. If they're not around your stands, change something. Make the adjustments that you have to make if you have to make them. And good luck to you as we go on here. Hopefully you guys have a good late season. Like I said, we're going to have some more guests coming up, so maybe we'll talk to them about some success that some ways they have success in the late season. I know Dusty would be a great one to talk to about that. He usually has a, sees a lot of mature bucks move in on him. Um, because of their food sources in the late season. So maybe we'll get him on here to talk about that. But again, we'll have some more guests coming up. We'll talk some late season stuff. I'm sure we'll get into all kinds of stuff with them. But I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Make sure you tune in to Fall Pursuit tonight as well. And we'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>